There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And we're back and it's winter again. Mm. I don't know where you live. Although, if you are listening to this, even in a state like Arizona, I did hear from somebody just a day or two previous to recording this that said it was pretty cold in Arizona as well, which it seems that uh, fake spring has fooled us all, and we are now back into the second thick of winter. winter. <laughs> second winter. Um, so wherever you are, I hope it's warmer. I'm actually, I have to say, just so jealous of the Nebraska beach volleyball team because they are getting ready to leave for Hawaii. And I was trying to think, like, how do I uh, sneak onto <laughs> light? Because yeah. that sounds amazing. They're actually spending 10 days traveling for beach volleyball over um, mostly spring break, but a little outside of it, but they'll be in Hawaii for a week and then California for three days. And then they will return home. And I'm like, that sounds perfect. Yes. So I haven't figured out how I'm going to be on their flight to Hawaii, but uh, if you see me on the beaches of Hawaii, you will know I've made it happen. (laughs) That would be amazing. And I would be jealous of you. But I would be fully supportive. (laughs) Here's kind of, and this is, this is actually something that um, for many people. So a lot of native Hawaiian um, residents have been saying that people need to stop traveling to Hawaii right now for touristy purposes, just because, you know, it's one of those things where the islands have the islands have just gone through a lot, especially with COVID and them trying to protect those that live on the islands. And so they have asked people to be very mindful of their travel. Now, Hawaii does have a very uh, big tourist. um, Their economy has a lot of its money coming through its tourism. So it's not that they're telling people don't come. It's just, you need to be really mindful and respectful. Now with the volleyball team going there, obviously they're going to be playing, you know, I believe it's the university of Hawaii. Obviously it's the university of Hawaii. (laughs) My brain is just like, Hey, would it be? Um, anyway, it, you know, they're going to be able to go and, um, be around the campus, get to, um, hopefully I would assume get to experience, um, Hawaii through the lens of those, Mm -hmm. um, from the university of Hawaii. But with that also said, I was thinking, I'm like, if I was going, I would, I would be glued to Kiana Leakana because she is from Hawaii. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I just wanted to look, it's called, it's called the Queens cup. It's in, it's in Honolulu. And so obviously the university of Hawaii, which I was just so shocked, like who <laughs> would be hosting it? Um, but it's not just Nebraska. You'll have Cal UC Davis and TCU also making the trip. So they'll have a lot of, um, it'll, I mean, that, that it, I've seen 
I've seen photos and video and everything from the Queen's Cup in the past, and it just looks like a great event. But Kiana Lay is from Hawaii. And I was listening to her talk recently about all of the things she wants to eat mm-hmm. and the things that she wants to like. She's obviously excited to see a family and everything else. But she was like, uh, what is, you know, the thing that I want to eat? The first thing I want to eat when I get there? What is the first thing I want to do? Um when I'm there and it was so fun to kind of like listen. And I'm like, if I'm traveling with Nebraska, I am sticking by Keanu Lay because she is going to know where to go, what you should try. So I was, I was like, that's who I'm, that's who I'm going to be around is Keanu Lay. So hopefully people do that. I'm sure that they will. Um, because I mean, it's how exciting for her to be able to also go home and see family. Um, But yeah, anyway, I could sit and ramble about Nebraska Beach Volleyball and their trip to Hawaii for this entire episode. And I I don't know if people want that, but I could do it. (laughs) I could do it. (laughs) I think that people would enjoy that. Just me rambling. I I will say, like, it's so funny for me, the experience of being at a Devaney Center with 8,000 people in the arena and just all this excitement and um, then to go to beach volleyball which doesn't have like a space for a crowd i'm sure Mm -hmm. if it did it would be packed um but it just doesn't it's it's essentially in a weight room and so there's not there's not much room the people only people who can be there are the teams coaches a few spectators typically if they are spectators they're family but even now they're really not encouraging too much and then you know media if media wants to be there so it it's like very kind of surreal to be in an environment where it's just like when I was covering their most recent match prior to recording this, it was just, I was the only non-Nebraska person there outside of the team that was there to compete. Like I was the only non-university employed person that was there. So I was like, this is so like, just not what I'm used to. I'm used to 8,000 people jam packing themselves in the Devaney. And right now I'm getting to like basically sit here and witness these teams that like people would probably pack any like mm-hmm. if they had a venue would pack the pack the venue if they could so with that that's awesome sasha happy international women's day <laughs> yes um when we are recording this yes the day that we're recording this um i really like the uh the theme this year i think it's um it it, it goes well and vibes with you know kind of the things that we talk about on this podcast. Um, the theme this year is break the bias, which mm-hmm. is, uh, I mean, I feel like we've spent several episodes of this podcast pretty much discussing that very topic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I'm reading through some of, so if, if you want to yourself, like read a little bit about this, you can just go to internationalwomensday.com backslash theme. And they have like essentially poems, like little poems that um, dive into this. Like the very first one is imagine a gender equal world, a world free of bias, stereotypes and discrimination, a world that is diverse, equitable and inclusive, a world where difference is valued and celebrated. Together, we can forge women's equality. Collective, we can all break the bias. And the thing that really strikes me about that, and I think, you know, like you said, Sasha, it's such a theme that we talk about here. I often see a, I often see people use this as a, well, 
you see it a lot right now when people want to talk about things like critical race theory and all these different mm-hmm. um, examples of why you can't talk about certain things in school and blah, 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 blah. That like if you're celebrating differences or if you're pointing out differences and you are um, commenting on them, that somehow it is dividing more than right. anything else. And to me, I don't see it like that at all. I believe that differences are beautiful, that when we actually truly value and celebrate what makes us different, it brings us closer to equality because it's allowing us to say, yeah, you and I um, may have been raised differently. We may Mm -hmm. have um, different, we may have grown up in completely different areas in the United States or Mm -hmm. the world. Um, I like, we may have different skin color and like understanding the privilege that may come with one skin color versus another, those things like just recognizing and understanding them. I do not believe divide. I believe they allow for some reflection to say, yeah, as for me, as a white woman, there are inherent privilege that comes along Mm -hmm. with being a white woman. Now, with that said, at the same time, I have also, we have also experienced our own, um, we've also experienced people treating us unfairly because of the fact that we are women. Yeah. But I always, that's why I always talk about like as a woman in sports, I have faced my own adversity in my scope, but women of color have truly experienced a much different world in this, in this world of sports than I have Mm -hmm. it for what has been difficult for me has not been made more difficult because of the color of my skin and pointing that out. And I feel like this is the thing that is really just so hard right now, but pointing that out feels like some people want to immediately jump on this idea that like, when you start talking about these things, you're actually just, you're making it worse. You're bringing attention to it. And it's, it's not that at all. It's just saying we're different. We have differences, but when we can talk about them, we break down those biases. We break down those stereotypes. We break down the discrimination because we're willing to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. When we are so scared of the conversation, all we're doing is building walls. And that's, that's the thing. When I think of like them saying, let's break the bias. It is not saying we can ignore these things. It's saying we need to talk about them. We need to bring a light to them. We need to have these conversations because if we don't, it's just going to continue. Yeah. And by not talking about them in my, it comes across as ignoring um, to me sometimes, especially given certain topics, you know, like if, if we don't have conversations about them, if we don't um, you know, draw attention to, to certain things that are affecting certain groups of people, I mean, in a certain, to a certain extent, you're like ignoring the fact that it's an issue because Mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable. Um, And as we know, um, (laughs) comfort is not where growth happens. Um, Being uncomfortable is where growth, growth happens. Um, um, And as more and more, we have these conversations, um, I personally become less and less uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am I mean, if you <laughs> go back to the very, very beginning episodes of this podcast, um, I may not like I mentioned this a few times, but I may not like talk a whole lot all of the time on this podcast, but a lot of the time I'm learning and reflecting and soaking that in. 
having a conversation isn't just speaking. It's also actively listening to what people are telling you, um, being able to reflect either internally taking a beat, um, and, and realizing that maybe you thought, uh, something that may have been true, uh, isn't true for an, a group of individuals. Um, it's just, it's, it's literally about having these conversations and being uncomfortable and, and, and having them. And I think that especially on international women's day, um, you know, we, we say a lot to listen. Um, and that's what we're talking about. If it makes you uncomfortable, that's probably a good thing. It probably is because on this website, again, it's internationalwomensaid.com backslash theme. There's another part that reads, whether deliberate or unconscious, bias makes it difficult for women to move ahead. Knowing that bias exists isn't enough. Action is needed to level the playing field. Are you in? Will you actively call out gender bias, discrimination, and stereotyping each time you see it? And that's when we talk about like not... That's why I think it's so dangerous when we have... um, laws and bills that are being proposed and signed and put into action (sighs) that encourage people not to talk about things, not. So this is going to be a little bit separate, but like, um, an example that I just can think of in, in current events is in the state of Florida. They have this bill that is like, basically don't say gay. Mm -hmm. And I will give her a ton of credit. Um, I think she could have gone further with it. But Kate McKinnon brought this up on SNL and she pretended to misunderstand the bill where she was like, oh, my gosh, I love it. It's amazing. (laughs) The fact that kids can't like call other kids gay in middle school anymore. That would have been amazing for me. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, Colin Jones is like, you're misunderstanding. That's not what the bill actually is. Um, She brings up the point that, okay, so you are now as a student no longer able to say because of this bill. I, my, my parents are gay because it's against the law or whatever Mm -hmm. this bill is suggesting. Now there are people out there that are going to go, you're, you're taking this too far. But again, this is the thing about bills like this is it's actively encouraging people to either not have conversation or to only call out conversation in a way that like, like you can now go report these things and Mm -hmm. get people in trouble and, or quote unquote trouble, whatever. So, okay. You have a child who's now saying, Hey, um, I live with my parents that just happen to be two men. Um, but I like, yeah. And they adopted me like, okay. That brings up more questions than just saying my, my dad, I have have two dads, my parents, (laughs) my parents, it brings up way more questions than, anything else. And so I think when we actively keep working against open lines of communication, which is really ironic when people say like, Oh, breaking down freedom of speech, I would argue that something like this is actually stifling it. It is because it's, it's not allowing conversation. It's creating Mm -hmm. bias. It's creating, um, discrimination because people are now going to actively start looking for something that they can report. And you might think yeah. oh, people won't do that, but they will. Yes, they will. <laughs> There's a lot of unfortunate hate in this world yeah. and people look for opportunity to do, you know, I think about so, so my, my point with that in, in Florida is like, we see more and more of these where we, we want to stifle knowledge and education mm-hmm. and uh, the, we want to stifle allowing people to be themselves, to be their true authentic selves. And I think a lot about, um, as a woman, particularly in sports, 
And I know I've talked about this on this podcast before, but when I was first in this industry, I, there's kind of like a, I've seen it a lot, especially like the idea of like the pick me girl. And like, I hate, I hate like coming after women for anything that like be who you are. Mm -hmm. But my point with that is I do think when I first got into this industry, I wanted to be the pick me girl in the sense that like, I wanted people to like me. Um, I still want people to like me. It's just inherently who I am, but I've realized not everyone can. Um, but I like, I think I re- I just now remembered where I had this conversation. I talked about it on Pat and JT's podcast. Yeah. So if you haven't checked out Pat and JT's podcast where I was on, check out that episode now. Um, but we did talk about how follower growth, because when I first joined Twitter, I joined when I was still in college. But when I got out of college, I started using it really to amplify my platform, especially as I was trying to get into covering Nebraska athletics. Mm-hmm. I saw it as an opportunity that were like, if people were following me there, it might, and it did, it worked out. It's how Bleacher yeah. Report found me. It's how um, Aaron Babcock with Hale Varsity found me when he founded Hale Varsity. Like it's how it all worked. And like, that was the best thing I could have done. But I think I treated my Twitter account as this space where it was like, I was telling people what I thought they wanted from me. And I still do think you need to do that. But like, I've definitely in the last few years stopped doing so much of that and started to give people what I want to give them, which Mm -hmm. is like, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about this. I maybe don't tweet about um, some things as much as I did, but it's just like, I tweet about what I'm passionate or thinking about or the things on my mind in that moment. And here's what has happened. My, my follower growth has slowed because I am not getting this wide pool of just anyone and everyone. Mm-hmm. I am now finding who I would argue are my people who want to be there for the things that I'm talking about, who align more. Maybe we don't agree on everything, but they align more closely with like the things that I am passionate about. Mm-hmm. I have found with especially my TikTok growth that as I have stayed really true to what I want to share there my growth has come from people who I'm not creating an echo chamber. Anyone is welcome to follow me, but it is definitely more like-minded where people are like, this is the type of content I want to be a part mm-hmm. of. I, I love seeing more about a woman in sports and what you're talking about and your outfits and your dog and this and that, um, and lost stuffed bunny rabbits. Um, yes. <laughs> but I think my bigger point with all of this is, is like, I, in the beginning stages of my career felt like I had to change who I was to fit this mold within the world that I was in. And Mm -hmm. I am, I am now more consciously aware as I've been a decade into it, that I, I don't need to change who I am. And in fact, I need to be more deliberate Mm -hmm. about not doing that because I was unconsciously creating bias and I was unconsciously creating more discrimination and stereotype myself Mm -hmm. by trying to be something that I thought people wanted. Mm -hmm. And so that was a long winded way of just saying we have to be more intentional and call this stuff out and be mindful because when we don't, it's really easy to fall into bad patterns and unhelpful patterns. And what I was going to say to to add to this is like, can you imagine, like, I'm going to be 38. Um, and so the no, majority of my over <laughs> 24. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I spent a lot of my life, a lot of my life jamming myself inside of a box, just, you know, like you were just describing of what I thought people wanted or expected of me. 
And not until I was probably 32, did I really start accepting the fact that I really needed to get to know myself. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course I had goals and I had passions and I had things that I cared about, but I, my work situation, I, I, I put myself into a situation where I really had to question if those were what I really wanted, or if that's what I had, I had made my identity for so long that that's who I really thought I was. I had to have a very, very hard, like, you know, very honest conversation with myself about who I actually was, or if I was just wearing a mask every single time I showed up to anything. Um, and I think that makes it really hard when you shut down those conversations or you um, aren't open to having conversations and you almost kind of force people into those boxes um, where they feel like they have to, the the boxes that they feel like they have to be in, because if they don't fit in a certain box, then, then they're not going to be accepted for who they are. Um, And I think that that's like kind of the broader point that we're trying to make here is like, I would hate at this year and time in 2022 for a young girl, a young boy, Uh, I mean, however anyone identifies to be, you know, a teenager just getting to know themselves to still feel like they have to force themselves into a box and they can't be themselves because people are uncomfortable with having conversations. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of time for society as a whole to like grow up a little bit. Like I, I don't want someone else who's listening to this podcast to, you know, be whatever age you are and still feel like you can't be a hundred percent authentically yourself because people are uncomfortable with whatever facet you may think they may that like might, might make them uncomfortable. Like, I swear a lot. I don't on this podcast because I don't want to bleep a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's just who I am. It's how I talk. Um, you know, I've heard that the F word, you know, probably relieves some stress. I use it frequently. It's um, also like been shown like curse words actually are tied to people who are intelligent. So <laughs> right. like, I love sports, you know, I've always loved sports, but I don't feel like I have to talk about sports all the time. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in my life, not having conversations, which is why I harp now on how important they are because I denied a large part of myself because I wasn't willing to have uncomfortable conversations. That's why I bring it up so much because I went, I was there. I was that person. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to speak for her because she would be somebody that would be amazing to have as a guest on our podcast. But I do want to just share like why these conversations are really important, especially for a, um, not only just for women in general, but also for women of color. And you can follow her on Twitter at I'm Tamara Brown. Um, Tamara is the host and producer. She's the Inarita TV host, reporter, producer. Um, but she is currently um, the host for the Patriots, for the New England Patriots. She also works with the NHL Bruin, the NHL's Bruins. I just, my words are all mumbled, but the reason I want to bring her up is um, she's a part of the galvanized group that I am a part of. And I got to know her um, through that and have really enjoyed following her because she has talked very openly about being a woman of color in sports and what she deals with as a woman of color in sports and her hair, because she has long felt this in this pressure to have to wear her hair in not its natural state, because this is true. Oftentimes women of color, when they wear their natural hair, they get feedback, they get hate comments. I shouldn't even say feedback because that's not even what it is. It's like hate comments about 
how they would be so much prettier if they wore their hair. Essentially, what people are saying is like a white woman. The reality is that is not if if she wants to wear her hair however she wants, that's great. But for her, she has this beautiful, natural, curly hair that she has spent. She's documented a lot of it on her social media. She spent a couple of years really caring for focusing on because she wants to be able to. But she and a couple of other women of color during a group that I was I had the opportunity to sit and listen to when I think it was last summer talked about the first time they wore their natural hair on TV or mm-hmm. in a video or where somebody could see and how that was so scary for them because they were afraid of what they were going to receive as far as comments from people. And it made me so sad that this is the reality that they have to live in, that they can't, they can't talk about, or they can't, they can't, they're talking about essentially like they can't wear their hair how they want to without comments. And now I understand, like I've talked about, like when I've worn things that people don't like, that's different though, than something that is literally a part of my identity. I can change my clothes. I can't change. You can't change your hair. You can't change your skin color. Mm -hmm. You can't change these things. They are who you are. They are a part of your identity. And when people are basically telling you that piece of your identity, that piece of you is bad, it's, it's a mind game. And so Mm -hmm. she has been very open and very forthcoming with this experience, especially on both her TikTok and her Instagram of um, just being very, you know, the process of wearing her hair in its, in its natural curls and how, you know, she still gets people who say things. And so, like I said, I don't want to speak for her and her experience and her story, because again, she would be somebody that one, you should follow. It's I'm Tamara Brown on Instagram, but she's very she's she's very she's excellent she's very excellent she's mm-hmm. excellent at her job she's incredibly smart she is somebody that i'm telling you right now jump on board because she's going places like i when i watched her move from miami to now with um the new england patriots like she's somebody where i'm like i hope she remembers me when she's this giant star because she's going to be like mm-hmm. she's going to be a giant star but the fact that here's this woman who this is like a, when we talk about like the idea of bias and calling this stuff out and discrimination is the fact that like, no, it is not OK. It is not OK to tell her I would I would prefer if you would wear your hair like X because there's mm-hmm. so much built into that. There's so yeah. much systemic racism built into that. And people and misogyny. Made- And without, and I mean, you may not even realize it. That's Mm -hmm. the wild part is you may think like, well, I just prefer your hair straight, but you have to think about like what you are saying. That's like saying to any, any person who wears makeup, you look better without it. Oh my gosh. I know what you're trying to say. I get it. But what you're also saying on top of that is that I wasted time making myself feel good because you prefer me not to have makeup on my face or when a woman doesn't wear makeup and you comment, you look tired today. Oh my gosh. This is my face. This is what my face looks like. TikToks I've seen of like where women show men photos of like women with makeup and they say, do they have makeup on right now? And they don't know. They just don't know. Like, and anyway, that's a whole, you know, to, uh, to anyone, 
I prefer your hair when it's this way, when that is their, their natural hair, it's insulting as shit. Like, yeah, we're, if we're telling you this, the thing is, is like, when we talk about like what women face. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want to bring this up really quick because I think this is really important. So not only is it international women's day, but it's also women's history month mm-hmm. and galvanize, which I brought up because of Tamara and that's how I got to know her tweeted this at the beginning of March as a part of women's history month, please hire women, pay women, support women. This isn't about a month. This is about creating, a, creating and sustaining equ- equality and leadership in the workplace and in the world. We are not to be celebrated. We are to be respected or we are not looking to be celebrated. We are looking to be respected. And I love when people, so here's, here's my little like additional to this. I love to celebrate like on um, international girls and women in sports day or on mm-hmm. international women's day and women's history. I love to celebrate just like, just like um, I saw, you know, during black history month, the people, there was one account I followed on TikTok where every single day she shared a fact about um, black history that you may not know. And I yeah. like, I learned so much. Um, but at the end of a month like that, or at the end of a day like that, you always hear people who say it's not just a month. It's yep. not just a day. Yep. It, it, it is something that you need to be cognizant about the rest of the year. And these are things where this is a really good point is yes. International women's day and saying, Hey, let's celebrate the women around us. Let's talk about this. It can't be a one and done type of deal. You can't show up on one day, check it off your box and move on and be like, well, I've done yep. my work for the year because that's a really good point. We are not looking to be celebrated. We are looking to be respected. And when I think of like a woman like Tamara or so many women that I know in sports or beyond, so many of them are not looking for you to celebrate them. They're not looking for you to come and say, Hey, um, you know, you're amazing. Keep it up. Like they just want you to respect them. And that comes from breaking down the, the, you know, when we talk about the actively calling out those gender biases that you yep. see or the discrimination, the stereotyping, when you see it, calling it out because that helps build respect. So if you heard, if you overheard someone saying, Hey, um, I think you would look better if you wore your hair like this or, Oh, Hey, and this is the one we've talked about it on this podcast before. I have often been asked by both men and other women, how can I support you in a moment? Like when something happens, I've had instances where someone says something to me or they're inherently um, misogynist, like in public and people go, they'll come up and go, are you okay? Are you okay? What can I do? I don't need to check in on me. Go talk to them. Yes. Like you need to stop checking on me. I'm fine. fine. I have lived in this world long enough that I know how to check my own Mm -hmm. feelings and I know how to work through this. I appreciate your support, but if you want to support me, go check them. I saw the other day that was specifically about this. And this is like, I know that we talk about different ways to be an ally, um, whether it be to women or be to um, persons of color. Um, What we're talking about, like, the person of color or the woman is always going to stand up for themselves or another woman or another person of color. What we need are people like men saying things to other men, or, you know, Mm -hmm. if you want to be an ally as specifically, you know, a white person, if you see something happening or being said to a person of color, say something to the individual who's saying it, 
we can stand up for ourselves. We've been doing this a long time. We need other people, you know, especially when you think of women, I hate that it's like this, but that's the world that we live in and have for a long time. But when other men say something to other men is sometimes, and I would probably say a pretty high percentage of the time when they're going to take inner inflection, be like, Oh shit. I can stand up for myself all day long. I can, you know, say or do whatever to stand up for myself. What I need are the men in my life to do the same thing. Yeah. And I understand it's uncomfortable. No. Yeah. It like, it's not fun to check people on things. It's really not like, it's not fun to be checked on things. Like, yeah, I I get it. Like, I totally understand. It's not fun to be in either of those situations. But the reality is, is we don't make a difference. I mean, imagine if your boss never gave you feedback at work. And I understand getting feedback can sometimes be the hardest thing for people. I don't love it. Like, it's not super fun to sit there and like have (laughs) someone telling me like what I do well or not do well. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's where I grow. Mm -hmm. It's helpful when I know like, Hey, this is an area where you could improve, or this is an area where you're doing well. Um, I get it. It's not fun to have somebody bring to your attention an area of potential growth for you, because in that process, you are, you're being told, Hey, you could, (laughs) you aren't doing you aren't doing well here. Let's work on it. And it's easy to take that and look at it just so negatively. But again, you can turn a piece of feedback into a positive very quickly by going, you know, this is an opportunity for growth for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I appreciate you bringing this to my attention. I uh, was not in a lot of cases, people were not aware they were doing something. In some cases they are. And in some cases, when you bring that to their attention, it's even worse because they're like, I don't care. But a lot of times people are like, I did not realize I was doing that. I appreciate Mm -hmm. you telling me I will be better next time. And that's the stuff where it's like, it's still awkward at times. It can still be uncomfortable. I get it. Like as human beings, like we don't love conflict. But that conflict is usually not, I think, what we make it up to be in our heads. Become okay with being uncomfortable. Like, it's fine to be uncomfortable. But the like, reflect on why you feel uncomfortable. You might learn something about yourself. Yeah. Um, And the other thing, too, I will say, I know that there was one other topic we wanted to cover. um, But something that I, I made a point to do during... Black History Month was to interact more with uh, people of color's content, one, on social media, but two, to continue to do that. And when I didn't understand something, doing some research myself. Mm-hmm. Don't, um, I know that for the months, especially of, of March here, we'll see a lot of women creators putting out a lot of content with teachable moments or things that you can learn from, mm-hmm. but also don't put the burden on us for the rest of the year on doing the research for you. If there's something that you don't understand or that you'd like to know something more about that you are not familiar with, do some research yourself or ask a question. Don't leave it up to all of us. I shouldn't say all of us, excuse me, for women to pull all of the weight during this month and going through the future and don't allow and don't like force people who, I mean, I saw this a lot, uh, especially during the month of February, uh, a lot of um, black creators being like, I am willing to do this now, but please sign up and support me doing all of this work 
and providing these teachable moments by signing up for me to continue to help you do this, because this is, I'm doing a lot of this work for free when you could be doing some of this research yourself. Yep. And if you ever get called out on social media, so this is a big one. If you ever get called out on social media to like what Sasha is talking about, like if you see people who are doing the work and I, I hate when I fi- find this happen is there's a conversation that is happening. Somebody posts something or somebody makes a comment and a bunch of people do this, this work for them. And they provide information on, they, they go and do the work mm-hmm. and they leave these very thoughtful comments, but the person feels attacked and they delete everything. They either delete yeah. the comments, they delete their video, they delete their posts, they delete whatever. And then there is this, all of this labor that had been created is gone. Yep. And now there's no learning opportunity for anyone, but there's also, it's just disrespectful to the people who did take the yes. time to teach and educate. And I think it's really easy to run away. Now, I, I want to just preface that with, if there are hateful comments and things, there's a line. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very intentional. Like I'll give you an example. I had a bunch of uh, what I found out, I figured out to be, I think like high school age boys yeah um leaving some pretty horrible comments about um women's volleyball on hill rc's tiktok there were some people who had come and were trying to say like they they were make it's not important the what they were saying but like that was one where i was like i can't allow this to continue because these 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 boys are they're not they're actually escalating this into they're saying more misogynistic things or saying more sexist things. They're just, they're, they're not interested in what people are saying to them. And I can't allow this type of this, Mm -hmm. these words to exist on our page. It's harmful. So there's a difference when like things go into the world of harm and they can reasonably harm people that I, that is, that is different for me. I'm talking about if you are just being sincerely called out, like if somebody is like, Hey, um, let me explain why you maybe don't understand this. Mm -hmm. Don't delete that stuff. Like, I get that it's uncomfortable, but like, allow yourself to reflect on that and allow this space for people who've done that work to let it stay so that others can learn too. Mm-hmm. It's, not, yes. it's not, it's not a bad thing to be wrong. We're not, no, we're I'm not born on this earth, like, and then raised, you know, with a certain set of circumstances, knowing every damn thing on earth, like, I, I, I'm proud of the growth that I have had in my life, but there is so much more work for me to do. Like there's so much more for me to know, and I'm going to be wrong on stuff because I'm f-ing human. I have to bleep that. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, we're all human. Like we're going to make mistakes. We're not going to be right about everything. The point that we are always trying to make is have some compassion and just be willing to listen. And be okay with changing your mind. Be okay with like your mind being able to be changed. I think it's really unfortunate that we so often stick our heels, like like dig Mm. our heels in and just go like, I am not budging on this at all. And so often it's such an unfortunate thing because I I am not who I was 10 years ago. I am not who I was 15 (laughs) years ago or 20 years ago. And I have often said, there are people in my life. If you met somebody who knew me 10 years ago, they might not, they might not like me. They may Mm -hmm. say like, uh, she sucked. And here's the thing. They're not wrong. Like whatever stupid things I was thinking and doing and like acting, like I have grown as a result of one people checking me. I, I very vividly remember this. And like, 
we have one last thing to say before this episode ends, but I just want to share this one personal thing that did happen to me. I was in a serious accident about six years ago and um, people were so kind to me. I, Mm -hmm. I will never, I can never thank people enough. In fact, I was never able to actually send people thank yous directly because somebody else had set the GoFundMe up for me. And, um, I was never able to like directly access people's information. So like, I'm always forever like telling people like, thank you if you did anything because you don't know how much it means, but, and I will always like, I, I, I saw people who wanted to come to my defense on this one. And I was like, don't, Mm -hmm. don't. Somebody was like, she's getting this kind of attention and all of this because she's a pretty white woman. And I remember people were like, whoa, hold up. Don't say that. But I'm like, you know what? No. Yes, I am getting a lot of attention because I am a pretty white woman. And to the person who called me ugly on the Internet last week. No, I'm not. I'm a pretty I'm pretty. Um, But (laughs) I will find them. Aaron's gorgeous and I won't. I'm so pretty. You can't tell me I'm ugly because I'm too full of myself. Sorry, (laughs) buddy. Um, That's the other part. You just. That's why I'm like, stop t- coming and checking on me. You don't got to tell me. You don't got to come check on me. Go check that person because something's <laughs> wrong with that person. I'm doing all right because I'm full of myself. <laughs> um, but I, when that that happened, it could have been really easy to like go attack that person and be like, how dare you say that about her? She was just in this really serious accident. But the reality is there are a lot of people of color who have had really terrible things happen to them that don't have the same kind of attention that I got. Mm -hmm. So my thing that I was really intentional about after my accident, as a result of that is starting to pay attention to what I was paying attention to what events, what was happening to others that I was maybe ignoring Mm -hmm. just unintentionally, because it's, really easy for us to hire people that remind us of ourselves. It's really easy for us to pay attention to people who remind us of ourselves. It's really easy to connect to people who remind us of ourselves. There's a term called white woman tears that can be very dangerous. Uh, And people feel been on TikTok this week. You've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's very easy to weaponize white woman tears. Now Mm -hmm. I was hopeful in my accident that that was not what I was doing. I was not intentionally what, but, but, but while I was not intentionally weaponizing or trying to be harmful, I don't believe that I was harmful to anyone. I understood what that person was saying. And I was like, I'm not going to be mad at them. And I don't want other people to be mad at them. I don't need it to be something where people come to my defense over that. In fact, all I want you to do is just hear this person. That's it. You don't have to like, you don't have to suddenly stop supporting me in, just because you hear this person, all they were saying, all they were saying was pay attention to other people who are in places in need too. don't just focus on the pretty white woman. And that, that was a moment for me of growth where I, I, I couldn't be mad at it because I was like, I get it. I get it. I get it. So long story short, When you are called on things or stuff, like allow yourself to be checked because we don't need to be the same person 10 years from now. Somebody who knows you today, if they met you 10 years from now, might be like, whoa, like you're not the same person. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. It's okay to change and to evolve and for your ideas, your perceptions, your the way you all of that can change. And that is not a bad thing. It is 
you don't have to, you don't, if you're somebody who grew up and you're like, I hate women's basketball. And now suddenly you love women's basketball. It's okay. Like you can change your mind. (laughs) Yes. People evolve. People change their minds. It is totally normal. And it's part of the human experience to freaking grow. Yes. Goodness. Uh, I'm not even the same person I was five years ago. So like being able to evolve and, and be more compassionate as a human being and just listening to other people is not a bad thing. It means not that you're an adult. (laughs) It's just, yeah, I, it it just makes you an adult. I just do want to offer this one last thing. So, um, we can dive into this more next week when we have a better idea of kind of what's happening, but it just felt, it felt important for us to at least just bring it up because we had Mm -hmm. talked about this on our previous episode surrounding the WNBA and how so many of those players travel overseas during the off season to play uh, for various European teams. Well, uh, what one player, Brittany Griner, she was playing in Russia. She was on her, she was returning to Russia from the United States and she was detained over essentially a vape cart over vape cartridges, which contained a hashish oil, which has THC. Um, this whole thing is very scary for a number of reasons. Um, it feels I was having this conversation on Saturday when the news was breaking, because from my understanding, and I want to just be clear, my, my whole understanding of the situation is only limited to what I've been able to read. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to stick with like what I feel are reliable sources, like the New York times, um, people who are directly connected to Brittany because, but even then we have to be careful because people in emotional states can sometimes offer things that are um, true, but over it just, if you are trying to get somebody that you love home because they're in a really scary situation, so I just want to say, like, from what I understand, and I, I'm okay, I'm okay if somebody has to check me if I'm wrong at, on any piece of this. But what I understand from what I've gathered from the New York Times and those closest to Brittany is that she was detained over these vape cartridges um, m- almost three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. This came out over this past weekend. There were some people on Twitter who were trying to say that, like, the Russian media had announced this three weeks ago. But then again, I'm like, how did this only come out over the weekend? Here's what the New York Times said about it. Russia said on Saturday, so not three weeks ago, on Saturday that it had detained American basketball player Mercury Center Brittany Griner. They did not announce who it was, but uh, it was easily discovered who it was on drug charges. Obviously, right now, Russia has invaded Ukraine. There, this This whole thing is just absolutely awful what russia is doing we're literally watching a we're literally watching firsthand how a country uses misinformation to mislead its people Mm -hmm. and is trying to basically take out you know cell phone towers wi-fi capabilities to to not allow um the the sharing of information journalists are being silenced um it's it's really scary that now Brittany, who was returning to Russia to play, is being detained. Everything feels everything feels really um, not like it seems because Russia said, oh, a dog, a bomb sniffing dog or the drug sniffing dogs 
um, detected it. But when you see the video, she was basically pulled aside and had her luggage searched. So where's the dog? Um, Unless it's like the smallest, most invisible dog on the planet, which (laughs) cool. How do you have those? Um, The thing that is particularly scary is that um, this could be a sentence up to 10 years in prison in Russia. Um, This is okay. This is coming from the New York Times. This incident comes amid intense repression within Russia as Putin cracks down on internal dissent to a degree that analysts have said they've not seen since the Soviet Communist Party. In recent years, United States officials have accused Russia of detaining and sentencing American citizens on trumped up drug charges. Um, The detaining of a high profile American could be an effort by Russia to gain leverage in the political and economic standoff with Washington over the Ukraine invasion. Um, The United States is aware of this. Um, The WNBA has spoken about this. All we can do at this point is hope and send so much good vibes and love to Brittany Griner and hopefully she is able to come back to the United States soon. Um, this is so scary. Um, it's here's the thing when, when things like this happen, it's really easy to go. This isn't the time or place to talk about this. Um, so to a degree, I would agree because there are things that we also need to be focused on with what is happening in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do just want to say, I hope that this is also a bit of a wake up call for the WNBA that they have to figure out a solution for players to be able to play and make a living without having to play overseas unless they choose to play overseas, but they shouldn't have to, they shouldn't have to play overseas to make a livable wage and to make the money that they deserve playing the game that they love because there's no reason that Brittany Griner should be in this situation. And I'm not, I'm not, do not take this as me blaming the WNBA. I am not doing that. I am just saying I get it that oftentimes in these situations we go, it's too soon to talk about these things. I am just offering that the WNBA needs to figure something out. This is, there's a lot that needs to be sorted through. But when Brittany, and I'm saying when, because I am hopeful when we get her home, Mm -hmm. This should not, we should not be putting our athletes in danger any longer to be able to make a livable wage. And I understand we could have never known that this was going to happen exactly as it did. But at the same time, Russia has been, because of Vladimir Putin, Putin, and I never say his name right. He doesn't deserve me to say it right. Um, he is, he has been an absolute monster forever. So it's like, we got to, we have to figure something out. We have to figure something out, which it feels like like Russia and Putin are going to shut our podcast down because I've talked very (laughs) negatively about them over the last like five weeks. But I don't care anymore. Like deserve criticism. They deserve they deserve (laughs) like so much criticism. But I just, you know, we'll have to keep. This is this is one where if you're somebody and you're feeling like, what can I do? Because mm-hmm. I was telling Sasha before this podcast, I don't know. Like, I don't have an answer for that. Like, oftentimes, like we kind of are, have takeaways. My biggest thing would be, especially with this Brittany Griner said this last week, but be wary of your mis- be wary of misinformation. Mm-hmm. Double, triple, quadruple check your sources. Like I said, just to even offer the little I did, I was only offering it from the New York Times and those that have 
that are like close family friends to her. And even then you have to be careful with anything that gets shared on social media. Cause you just don't know. Yeah. Um, so if I can offer anything as you stay aware of this, this evolving story, be careful of where you're consuming that information. Because like I said, Russia is actively working. And I have even seen, we have seen like a change in how bots are working right now in social media as a result of this. Um, since certain, uh, entities have banned accounts. We're seeing different type of bots come into the play. So be mindful of the media you're consuming and just be careful because right now more than ever, it's going to be very easy to be misled mm -hmm. and that does not help. So yeah. just be careful out there right Double now. Double check what you're reading. Always. Verify it somewhere else with the reputable source. Yes. And contrary to what some people want to say, the New York times is a reputable, is a reputable source. Mm -hmm. So, um, with that, I just want to offer one last quick thing. We will have more, um, either I, I need to talk to Sasha about this and get this all squared away, but we do have somebody who has some March madness opportunities for our listeners. If you want to participate in something, um, we will have, I need to get the dates and everything, but you will also potentially see it. Like I will definitely be sharing on like my oh. social and stuff. We'll get it all squared away. But in the meantime, the individual who has sent all of this to us, his name is Adam. And I just want to say he and his wife just welcomed twin baby oh. boys last week. Congratulations. So congratulations to him and his wife and their two daughters on the new additions to their family. We're so excited. Everyone is happy, healthy, and doing well. And like I said, he has, he has given us, the information for this. So if you're looking for March Madness brackets for both women and men, um, we will talk more about it. Like I said, I definitely will be sharing on social. Um, so just yes. stay tuned. I haven't, I apologize to Adam. I haven't had time to like dive into all of the instructions before we recorded this one, but not to worry. We will get the information everyone. So you can participate, go follow us on social at Aaron Sorensen at Sasha 72. Uh, you can also email us like Adam has at mind your own podcast at hillvarsity.com. You can just tell us what's going on in your life and whatever else. And yeah, we will be, we'll be back next week. Hopefully with, hopefully with some good news. I hope that yes. like in the next week, like we have some good news on Brittany and just go, go, go be, go do something good in the world in the next week. There we go. That will there be a challenge. Go, go a do challenge. something good in the next week. With we that, will talk to you soon. We will talk to you next episode. Bye. A Huda Media Production.